Am I the jerk for peeing in a Fanta bottle after finding out that my new roommate takes my drinks and my food? Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. Believe me, I am not proud of this at all. Seriously, a new guy joined our shared house and he has awful habits. We explained everything to him, but he could not care less. To give you some background, in the house there was a university student and she is lovely and my two childhood friends, which are great and very respectful too. We have all been living together for a few years now. There is one more room where people can come and go. The landlord brought the new guy a month or so ago. One of our main rules is don't touch anybody's food or drinks without permission as we had issues with some tenants who got too comfortable despite being strangers and there were many arguments. I highlighted it to him. If you ever need something, ask. Oil, sugar, and salt is fine, but everything else, ask. In the first week, I had a Fanta bottle unopened in my fridge as my friends share a fridge, but I bought one for myself since the kitchen is big. I come home from work and I see it opened. I ask my friends and they deny it. I believe them since that's not how they operate. I very politely asked the new guy and he denied it. Fine. A few days go by, half a pack of my unopened donuts disappeared and I got very upset. I asked him again. He denies it. A few more days and I want to test something. So I turn off my fridge and I put a little wireless secret camera from Amazon I have and a bottle of pineapple juice in it. I drank a bit and peed in it so that it seemed full. I am seriously disgusted for doing this. I went to work, I came back, and yes, somebody drank 40% of that bottle. I checked what got recorded, and that idiot was drinking from it. I asked him again, and he denied it. I sent him the video and told him that I peed in it. His eyes got wide open. He started losing it, making choking sounds, and called me a psycho. He then told the landlord, and I explained everything to the landlord. The landlord said that it could have been solved differently, but he should not have touched anyone's belongings. I feel a bit bad because nobody wants to drink pee, but at the same time, why steal? So am I the jerk for peeing in my drink and setting up a camera to give a lesson to whoever was stealing from me? So if he already had the camera in the fridge, why did he still need to pee in the bottle? I mean, if you feel like you got to catch him one way or another, you don't need to do both. If he didn't have the camera, I guess if he peed in the bottle, then he could see his eyes widening and choking and everything, and then he would know, but... I can't understand why you would need to do both. This is uh, pretty disgusting that he drank 40% of the bottle and the guy's pee was in the bottle. It seems like most people are split on jerk or not a jerk on this one because it is so disgusting to some people that it makes you a jerk no matter what. And then for other people, they think not a jerk because he never would have drank the pee if he wasn't lying this entire time and continuously eating his food. But I mean, he couldn't tell the difference between this pineapple juice or Fanta and the version of it that has pee in it. Maybe that says something about the drink itself. If you were the food thief in this situation, you found out that you just drank this pee, how would you handle it? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. Am I the jerk for getting upset with my best friend's son for giving my son cake? My son is eight years old and I recently attended his friend's eighth birthday party. This friend is my best friend's son. I don't let my son have any or much junk food at all and he usually brings his own snacks. For this incident, it was carrot sticks and ranch. We bring those to the events that have a lot of sugary foods. My best friend bakes a lot and made a special chocolate cake for her son's birthday. When it comes to my son, I do not let him have cake. This is a personal preference for his health, not any allergy reasons. He is not a diabetic or gluten-free. My son knows that he is not allowed to have cake because of the additives. When he told his best friend this at the party, his friend apparently got upset and told him it was good cake, not bad cake like I say, because his mom made it and it was his birthday cake. And then my son ate the cake. He got a sugar 
crush and crashed, making him cranky for the rest of the day after we left the party. I told my friend she needs to have some kind of consequences for her son to teach him not to peer pressure other children into eating things that they're not allowed to have. She said, because it wasn't an issue of allergies or health, that she's sorry my son was cranky, but she will not be punishing her son or talking to him about it on his birthday. She also says that she'll just have to watch more closely and make sure her husband does in the future, as well as have a chat with him on another day about respecting food habits. I love my friend, but historically, her and her husband have always said yes to their son and not given him any consequences for anything. Both of us were present at the party and did not see them sharing the cake. They were outside eating in the backyard with their fathers and some other parents supervising while we cleaned up. So it's not an issue of anyone going behind anyone's back, just teaching children boundaries and respect. I let my son stay for the rest of the party and be with his friend. So it's not like I ruined the day. Am I the jerk for being upset with my friend's son and the fact that she won't punish her son for pressuring my son into eating cake? I know almost everyone in all the responses has the opinion that you can't let him not have sugar, he needs to have sugar. But I also do see the mom, the original poster's perspective here because even though it might not be explained, she's probably trying to ingrain in him to have healthy food habits and nothing in most of the modernized country is very healthy about the habitual eating habits that we have. And a big part of that is because we all have really bad eating habits from when we're kids. But with that said and trying to see it from her perspective, one thing that definitely seems to be a pattern that happens when kids have have super strict diets when they're young is that the moment that they're not under the thumb of the parent when it comes to their diet, they go crazy and they start consuming everything they can in excess because they didn't get to have it when they were kids. That doesn't necessarily always happen, but it seems to happen more often than not. Somebody actually brought up this whole food repression concept and the response is saying, ask any kid that was denied sugar by parents. What do they do immediately after being in charge of their own food? Pick out all of the marshmallows from the sugar cereal that they weren't allowed to eat before and eat them just like I did. My older sister was given whatever cereal she wanted growing up and now hates sugar cereal. She's much older. The kid will rebel when they are able and later might even cut the mom off entirely if this is not the only area of control that she is crazy about and I'm willing to bet that it's not. Loosen up or lose your kid at 18. It really does seem like there is a balancing act you have to strike if you are trying to instill healthy eating habits. If you go into full-on repression, tiger mom mode, then you might have the kid explode like this in the future. But then if you just continue continually give them sugar forever, then that's going to be the basis for the rest of their life. And eating mass amounts of sugar is going to be a normal everyday occurrence. And obviously, I'm not talking about one slice of cake. I'm talking about people that have actual sugar addictions, which seems to stick with people for life once they have it. So if you were the parent in this situation, how would you parent this kid in order to help him foster healthy eating habits for when he's older? Let me know down below in jerk or not a jerk and why. I bent over backwards to get my entitled friend a job where I work, where he would make much more money than he currently makes, but after being hired, despite himself receiving a sizable signing bonus, he demands that I pay him my referral bonus on top of it. Here's what happened. A couple of months ago, I bumped into a former co-worker, Fergus, from my previous company. We chatted for a few minutes and he mentioned that he recently started a job search because he felt that he was underpaid in his current role. He volunteered his salary to me, which was shockingly low. I did not comment on his salary, 
but when he asked how I liked my current employer, which is a big name in our field, I told him that honestly, I really enjoyed the work and the culture because I had nothing but good experiences working with him. I told him I would be happy to submit his resume through our internal referral program if he found a position that piqued his interest. A few days later, he reached out through LinkedIn and sent me a job posting that he was interested in. It was a very similar role to what he'd been doing and I was confident in his success. I disclosed that I'd get a bonus if he was hired for my referral and informed him that he could apply cold if he preferred. He replied that he knew a referral would give him better chances, so I went ahead and submitted it. He did wonderfully in the interviews and was hired. He sent me a thank you note after he was hired and disclosed that he'd gotten a massive pay bump, which is what I expected after he told me his salary. I took him to lunch on his first day, my treat, but during the lunch, he asked me how I wanted to send him his half of my referral bonus. I explained that's not how it works, and he acted shocked. He accused me of getting all the benefits with none of the work and said that it wasn't fair for me to get paid for doing nothing. I told him that's not how the referral program works and his benefit was the new job and better salary. I encouraged him to refer qualified former colleagues for jobs at our company so that he could get the bonus. He scoffed and refused to engage in any other topic for the rest of lunch. Since then, he's behaved icily on the rare occasions that we are near each other. We do not work in the same department, fortunately. Am I wrong to not share share my bonus with him another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I checked with a few colleagues and they all say they've never shared, but a few told me that I should just split it with him to calm him down. In response to somebody asking about how big the referral bonus is, the OP says the referral bonus at my company is about $1,000. In response to a question about the ethics of the disclosure, the OP says the referral program at my company requires disclosure. We must be upfront with people that we will receive a bonus and that they are free to apply through public posting if they are not comfortable with that. Jumping a few months into the future, there actually was an update. I wanted to send an update to my previous letter about a coworker getting angry because I didn't share my referral bonus. Things are a bit better with Fergus. His department had a big team building event a couple of weeks ago, and while there, he evidently jokingly complained about me to a manager that I used to work with. She set him straight and somehow made it clear that what he was doing was in really poor form. Fergus dropped by my desk shortly thereafter and gave an awkward, inadequate apology. It started with saying, I hope I haven't been misconstrued. But it was better than nothing. I thanked him for the apology and commented that I had been very confused by his actions and I was glad we could move forward. We can now smile politely and make idle chit chat while waiting in line at the coffee bar if necessary. He has made a few overtures, seeming to ask for a return to our previous friendly relationship, but I can't bring myself to be more than coolly polite at this point. I wish him well and truly believe he can succeed in his role, but I don't particularly care to get invested in him again. So after all was said and done, was I the jerk for not giving him my referral bonus? Where along the line did Fergus get this mixed up where the person that is getting the job also gets the referral bonus and the signing bonus? Why would they make them two separate bonuses if they were supposed to be for the same person? I'm guessing what happened here is he was probably conned into doing this by somebody else that he got a job and they just tricked him into thinking that this was normal and now he lives with his life view that you're supposed to give the person that you got a job a referral bonus, which is wild. They actually used to do this in my old job. I used to work as a chess teacher and they were always on the lookout for other chess teachers and hoping that you would refer them. But not once did I ever see somebody get the job and then ask for the referral bonus. So if you were in the position of the original poster here, how would you have handled this the first time he brought it up at that lunch that you were treating him to? Let me know down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. My enraged mom takes down the homeowners association from the inside. This is a revenge story. My neighborhood does not have a homeowners association, an HOA, at least not anymore. When my parents first moved in, my older sibling was maybe two years old and with me as a little glowworm, there was an HOA. They took money from the neighborhood in exchange for their services. At first, for quite a while, my parents just kind of shrugged it off. The HOA shoveled the snow off the streets in the winter and dealt with trash collection. So they were doing something worthwhile, right? No. The city controlled the snow plows and the garbage trucks, not the HOA. But still, there was the illusion of effort. And besides, one summer they decided to contact a company to plant new trees all over the neighborhood. The fact that the company was owned by the son of the head of the HOA was totally coincidental. The trees were the beginning of the end of the HOA. Why? Well, my grandma on my dad's side was visiting when they came around to plant the trees. My grandma, who is a certified master gardener, stared through the windows of our house as the guys planted the trees by just dropping the saplings on the grass, still with their roots 
what's inside the bag they came in. No holes dug, no holes cut, just a bag sapling lying on the grass like a pathetic, sad stick. The saplings laid there all night. No one came back to actually do their job and plant them. My master gardener grandma mentioned offhand that those saplings were going to die unless they got in the soil. And then something clicked in my mom's head. She was paying the HOA money, actual money every month, while both she and my dad worked, taking care of two very little kids, sending us to daycare and preschool and arranging babysitters to feed us. And the homeowners association was just going to pull this lazy nonsense instead of doing what she's paying them for? No, no way. So she showed up to the head of the HOA's house and basically demanded that the trees get planted properly, like she's apparently paying for them to. The head of the HOA, so excited someone actually caring about the neighborhood, made their second mistake. They asked if my mom wanted to join the HOA. She agreed. The trees were planted, but most didn't make it. My grandma was right. First things first, my mom showed up to the next HOA meeting. There were like five people there. No wonder they asked my mom to join. They desperately needed the people. So my mom looked at this collection of white people, herself included, who weren't even paying money to the HOA like the rest of the neighborhood. All of the contractors the HOA called in were close relatives of other HOA members and weren't being paid by the HOA. After all, they're family. So my mom started digging. She spent pretty much a full summer taking down the HOA before she had to go back to teaching in the fall. With me carted along after her and my sibling old enough to be in school or daycare, she dug through the years of paperwork detailing the HOA's financial situation and she found something extremely enlightening. The HOA didn't actually do anything. Well, they didn't do anything to the benefit of the community. Everything they claimed to do was either covered by the individual homeowner or by the city itself. So they were collecting money from all of the neighborhood residents under false pretenses and actually they weren't even supposed to be in our neighborhood. Their association zone was a whole different neighborhood. So what is a working mother of two small children to do while her husband is off at work and she's off for the summer. She goes door to door with pamphlets, me and my sibling in a stroller as she weaves her way through the neighborhood blocks. Pamphlets explaining the situation and how to stop paying for services you'll never get. Pamphlets that are, of course, written in both English and Spanish to account for the high amounts of Latino and Hispanic people in our neighborhood. And naturally, she got a lawyer and an accountant. It put a major dent in her pocket, but if it meant the entire neighborhood wasn't exploited for money each month, it was worth every penny. Another HOA member helped her sift through the documents and data and pass out pamphlets and encourage people to show up to the meetings, but had to back out because of work-related reasons. My mom rolled up to the courthouse, flanked by the lawyer and accountants, her kids safe at home with her husband, and had more than enough evidence to get the homeowners association out of her neighborhood, expose the fraudsters for the frauds they were, and make sure that no HOA would ever push their luck into our neighborhood again. It's been almost 19 years and no one's ever tried making another HOA in our neighborhood. So this was a pretty huge scale scam. For how long this has been going and how much money they've been collecting, I hope that the people paying for this fake HOA were able to recoup some of that money after all that time of paying for it. It's really incredible how many of these HOAs end up just being full on scams. And not scams as in someone doesn't agree with the idea of an HOA, but scams as in, in this case, they shouldn't even exist in this neighborhood, let alone try and collect money from the residents of the neighborhood. It seems pretty baffling that nobody thought to look up to see if this was legitimate. But as they said at the end of the post, it's been almost 19 years since this happened. So 19 years ago, it probably wasn't as easy as just looking it up on Google for that neighborhood. If you were in this situation and you had been paying a few hundred dollars a month for years and you found out it was all a fraud, how
how would you handle the situation? Let me know down below. Am I the jerk for asking for a new engagement ring? I'm a 25-year-old female and my boyfriend slash fiance who's 27 proposed to me the other day. We've talked about getting married before this happened and I've told him exactly what kind of ring I want down to the shape and the band. When he proposed to me, the ring wasn't anything close to what we previously talked about. I accepted the proposal, of course, but last night he brought up that his mother actually picked out the ring. He asked me what I thought about it. So I told him honestly what I thought and asked if we could get a different one. He got upset and told me that I was being ungrateful and that I should be happy that he even got me a ring. He said that his mom was the one to pick it out, so I should just wear it. Today, his mom called me basically telling me that I have no taste in jewelry and that I should just go with what she says. I get that he spent a lot of money on this ring, but we have talked about what I wanted before and I'm going to be the one wearing this. Am I being ungrateful for asking for a new ring? Am I the jerk? So whether or not they talked about what kind of ring she wanted before this proposal happened, when somebody asks you point blank, what do you think about X, Y, or Z? You have now opened the door for honesty and you can't take it back. You asked, what do you think about this ring? And she honestly told you. Not that she couldn't have just said it on her own without having been asked directly, but when you ask her directly, what do you expect her to do? To lie about it and say, oh, it's great. And then she has to live the rest of her life secretly harboring that she doesn't like it. If it's a financial issue, she's also not asking you to run out and go get something else right away. At least that's not how it sounds here. But let me know how you guys would have handled this down below and jerk or not a jerk and why. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you guys next time.